0: ready for this we have a God who has revealed himself in a number of ways we have looked at that over these past weeks a variety of ways that he has said I am here and my promises are true and I have something more for you and we are continuing with that today we're looking at how God has revealed himself in this shifting planet and you hear a lot about the planet and its uh, demise and fearful rhetoric is all around us uh, routinely so there's a there's a lot that's happening a lot unfolding but there's some of this that probably needs to be put in a context a context of a a different uh way of looking at the the whole so we're going to take a few minutes look into the scriptures we'll start with second uh, peter chapter three and look at some things there as, as peter the apostle peter is giving us some uh, a bit of a reflection looking back in order to look forward one of the issues that he's dealing with is what are we looking at when we're thinking of jesus return and he's writing to the people, the, the Christians of that day, first century, and explaining to them there are some things that are uh, already in place to give us a clue as to what we're looking forward to. And that becomes, in, in our time in many churches, the, the second coming of Christ, the signs are a, a central factor. And Peter says, okay, let's, let's take a look. Let's see where we're coming from as we come into this. So that's where we are as we take, uh, take on the signs of God and the shifting planet. So let's take a look. Starting with scoffers, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. So these scoffers have a, an opinion that says what God has done, what God has said, eh, not necessarily true, not necessarily interesting, not necessarily of any import. So this isn't the doubter. This isn't the person who's seriously just doubting some things or the person who is searching that's, that's not who he's talking about. It's not the person asking questions about what God has done or God is doing or what God will do. It, that's that's not a scoffer. This is a person who is mocking, who has become vocal, who has decided to put God down, to put uh, God's truth, the scriptures down, to despise Jesus, to attack whatever is related to Anything connected to God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God's, uh, the Bible, the Church, whatever is related to all that, it just needs to be questioned and, and it and it with skepticism and and sometimes with uh, a a deep desire to destroy it. So that's the that's the scoffer that he's talking about, and he's going to. He says that they they will come in the last day, so always been there through the centuries but the it's the increase the intensity that will give clue that the, that the time has come that it's that it's gaining momentum that this whole idea of attacking uh, God and his truth is increasing right. so let's look at some things that may. may put this uh, again in in a context for us and we're going to look at the word uniformitarianism and you can use that this next week if you'd like the idea of uniformitarianism is that everything has continued from the beginning and that's what peter addresses Uniformitarianism is actually uh, used in science to say the processes of science that we see today have always existed and that's how we know what is going on in the universe, how we know how the universe began and where we're going with the universe, what things are going to run down, what things are going to come to an end, what things are going to increase, what things are developing. It's all been the same all the time. So Peter says in verse 4, they will say, who will say? The scoffers who are mocking the truth. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? You maybe heard that from someone. From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. Everything has remained the same since the world was first created. So that's uniformitarianism. And Peter, who's a fisherman, is speaking of things that our scientists deal with today. That's, that's the idea of scientific processes, how things form, how things occur, how weather patterns work. The, uh, the, the whole world that we're looking at is based on these principles or laws of science and so that's that's where peter is uh, addressing this so keep that in mind that there there's one set of of uh, physical laws that have existed since the beginning always have always will they are everlasting and we're going to the next verse god is god in the end as in the beginning they deliberately forget, who, uh, the, the scoffers who are mocking, they deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. By the word of his commands, so it was verse 5, so he's got something, something is going on that has just brought out of nothing Something. Out of God's mind, out of his word, he speaks. And creation, what we know in the physical universe, began to exist. Didn't exist before. Uniformitarianism says all things have continued, always the same. Will continue, always the same, forever. And God says, not so, I created I spoke, I created. There was a time when this didn't exist, then it existed. Was there a big bang and then it existed? That means something existed to be a big bang. What happened that brought all that we know into existence? And Peter's saying, God spoke. That's how it started. It's his power, it's his ability, it's his skill, it's his imagination, his creativity that brought all this about. And he spoke it into existence. And it began. So that's not the same. That's different. Didn't continue as the same. He, and it he goes on. He doesn't stop there. Verses 6 and 7. Then he used the water. Or this is look back to know what's ahead. He used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. God did something different. He created a world. So we have, there's a world that existed prior to a flood, and we live in the post-flood world that is different than the one that previously was here. So is that uniform? Not so much. Something changed. Something was shifting in the course of all of, all of that. And just, just imagine that there's so many examples of things that are just so cool. There were trees that were, this is in the earlier world, that floated on the oceans and they were tubular. So they're, they're trees, they grow huge, they have, they're hollow in the middle. And their roots are tubular and hollow in the middle. They floated. And then they matted together. And their roots interlaced. And in West Virginia, they check the uh, coal mine in rock layers. And here are these, these plants. And they're looking at the fossilized versions of these things going, Wait a minute, there's no, there are no rings on the inside because there's no middle. They float. Islands of floating trees and plants moving across oceans in the pre-flood world. What kind of birds and lizards and critters could have lived in those trees and on those islands as they moved across the oceans, moved by the wind and the ocean currents from one place to another around the globe? That would be cool to see. So it's different. There's a a difference in the world before than the world after. Something changed, and it's not the same. What we have now, we can certainly base our math and physics on a, a uniformity that we can see, but to look backwards or to look too far ahead we're jumping out of something we don't understand. And God is saying, I made this place, and I made a world, and then I destroyed that world with a great flood, which takes us to the uh, detractors and distractions to disaster. This is, uh, again, 2 Peter 3, 3. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the, end of the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth, and following their own desires. So science, science as a real interest, human interest in research and knowledge, actually getting in there and trying to find the evidence, looking at the evidence, and using reason to come up with some solutions and understand the world around us is a good thing, and we need lots of it. And we need real scientists, people who truly do engage their minds in, in that occupation to achieve great things. The more we do that, the better off we are, the better we understand the world, the better we understand ourselves, the better we can live. Well, what if you have scientists who have their own desires, who are operating on their own agendas? They only have a particular direction and they want the research that they're, that they're doing to come out a particular way. Well, that certainly wouldn't happen because scientists are all good-hearted and, and their integrity is solid. That's, that's why we have great uh, pharmaceuticals to help people because pharma, the pharmaceutical giants put millions of dollars towards research, the doctors do the research, the scientists do the research, They put all that together and then they sell the drugs and the people are all healed. And then the lawyers make a lot of money because they start going on TV saying, if you took this drug and now you have this side effect, we're going to sue those guys who came up with this. Why? Because there was integrity? No. Because they were going after their own desire. What was it? It has dollar signs in front of it. And they're looking for a way. And that's not everybody. We want the good ones. And even the ones who make mistakes periodically that are good-hearted. Let's keep them. But these others have their own desires. So what about scientists who are looking at geology, bi- biology, psychology? What about those? Well, their integrity cannot be questioned. They are out to do good, only good, by solid research, using real science. Not so much. Some are. Many aren't because we live in a world of fallen people and it's broken and people are seeking their own desires so whatever accomplishes their purpose their belief system not pure science not I'm going to go look at the evidence and see what was there no I'm going to look at the evidence and make it fit what I think was there or how I want it to be because I'm not comfortable. If it comes to God, because I am now mocking, scoffing, I am part of that group who says, I don't care who, who's out there. I want the science to back me up, because the, the, the line anymore is, well, just trust the science. Just trust the science. Well, that's a stupid statement. For anyone to risk their lives based on science that is unproven with people who have no integrity, who have, can be bought, who can be influenced by their own desires or the desires of a crowd around them. There's, it can be politically motivated. The DSM, which is a diagnostic manual for people working in uh, therapy, psychologists, uh, counselors, and uh, that's the end of things I'm more familiar with. And that has changed. The DSM has changed over the years. We're in DSM-5 now. And the things that they have decided are questionable or are mental problems or behavioral issues or things we need to, di- or how to diagnose and say that doesn't fit. It's not based on science. A little science. And then somebody votes. A group of people get together. What are, what feelings do we have in our culture about this particular thing and if our feelings are strong enough strangely enough the DSM matches that the votes of the people or the feelings or the polls taken goes, that science no that's somebody deceiving others accomplishing their own purposes by changing what should be pure science and should be helpful to people to match whatever political leanings they have or social agenda they may have, and then they make it fit, and then anybody outside of that is now uh, up to be, uh, well, accused of being crazy in some fashion. So, integrity and science, I'd love it if it were there, because science is such a cool thing, but it isn't. Except in some places. So pray for people who do research. I, I certainly prayed for the, somebody to come up with answers to COVID. Did you guys pray for any of that? I wanted to pray for those researchers. Those guys had to stay up night and day working on something. And they go, well, that's kind of cool. Because a number of them came up with things. So, but we do, want, we do want them to work, and we want them to come up with the right things. We just don't want them to come up with things that meet their own desires based on their political leanings, bending things, bending the facts, bending the research. Just go find out what it is, tell the truth, and deal with it that way and help the rest of us to understand it. That would be awesome. Twisted science is a problem. So detractors and Distractions. All of those kind of things that happen in, just in the scientific world will lead to disaster. And understanding that there's, there's more to this is what Peter's telling us. That God is behind it. That God is the one behind the creation. If we want to know what the future is going to be, if we want to understand our world today, let alone when Jesus is coming back, the signs of his coming, we need to understand what happened in the past. What did God do? And is it the same? Are we dealing with uniformitarianism or are we dealing with a creative creator who came up with a way of accomplishing things with amazing, amazing power, um, amazing ideas on how to put this thing together and, and to just blow our minds with all that he has done. So let's look at this. Land and Seas, all the way back to the book of Genesis, very front, right after the title page and all that, Genesis chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place. So dry ground may appear, and that's what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters, seas, and God saw that it was good. So a scientist, a Christian, in the 16th century looks at that and says, he's researching, looking at the world. It's a time of exploration. If you remember 1492, Columbus goes out, lots of explorers go out, maps are being drawn and things are, are being understood now about how the planet is, is divided up and, and where land masses are and what the seas are, where they're located. All those things are happening during this time. So the late 16th century, as this is being looked at, and this verse, these verses are, are read, and this scientist cartographer, map maker, look, looks at that and says, whoa, this says at one time all of the land mass was in one place. There's one land, one sea. you go, well, that's different. So people pretty much thought he was a nut. And so we move into the 19th century. We have 1859, a published scientist who read these verses, a Christian, reads these verses and says, it appears that there was one landmass. And what both of them did was look at the map, and then they just, like a puzzle, put them together. Said, here are these different pieces of continents. What would happen if you put them together? And son of a gun, they fit. So now we know, because uh, the guy in 1859 couldn't get his, his research published in America, so he had to go to France and got it done there. Another uh, presented his arguments in 1912. That came out. He got made fun of again. And then as you get through the 1950s, 1960s, some scientists researching and uh, men and women releasing more information going, it looks like maybe at one time all the continents were together. Same thing. They just puzzled this thing. And then the research started happening that said, you know, the rock layers and the things that we're finding at the end of this continent match these over here, and there's nothing in between and nowhere else that matched that. It's just like they were broken in half, pulled apart. Well, that's crazy. During World War II, there were submarines that could go under the sea deeper and map, and they were trying to map the ocean so they'd know not to run into things. So as they're mapping that, they find this... Mid-Atlantic Range, an area that looks like the earth was broken and then it sealed up. So it's like this big, and there's a Pacific one that looks, pulls up. And the, f- wouldn't have known that until you have submarines. That can go down there and look at all that. Huh. So the maps show this whole area of the world, one big landmass, one giant sea. What do we see? Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place. So dry ground may appear. There's dry ground, land, water, seas. Right from the beginning. Is that the same as we see today? No. So what happened? Destruction of the ancient world. Second Peter 3, verse 6. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. So there's a flood that takes place. And this earth, as God is dealing with it for this year, there's rain for 40 days, 40 nights, but there's a year in which massive earthquakes are happening, shaking the earth, volcanoes are erupting, the whole earth is moving, and it liquefies what the land sits on, and it began to tear apart and move in different directions. With Genesis chapter 3 and the rebellion against God, and God said death is coming, and it was true for humans, it was true for the plants, it was true for the animals and birds and fish. Death didn't exist before. We have a world in which it's working it. It all flows as it should. But then the curse came, the brokenness came, and now after the flood Even the continents, the land that was there, is all divided and broken and separated, and all set in different places. And you can see all of those. uh, You can pull up Pangea. uh, You can Google it and see where the landmass was uh, all together, and then where they all separated and went to. When you look at the the landmass of uh, North America, you can see how it fits right in South America, right into Africa, and then they just pulled apart. Uh, Australia drifts down. Islands kind of follow along. There's a whole string of them between the continent and all the way down to Australia. Others popped up different places, some formed by volcanoes, some some formed by kind of being left behind as they're trailed off as the, the land masses are moving. India breaks off and then... Moves quickly, and there's some research on this. Moves quickly and slams into southern Asia, creating the biggest mountain range we have in the world, because it just pushed it all up when that happened. We still have volcanoes, we still have earthquakes, and many of those are in the same places where the the uh, continents are one slipping under another, or crashing into the another. The ring of fire around the Pacific Ocean is an example of how that's still unfolding. All caused by the sin that originated in Genesis 3, the continuation and the corruption of humanity that God dealt with, with the great flood, and it changed things. Is what's going on now the same as then? No, these things happened quickly. They happened like the changing continents in a year. You're, you're talking mountain ranges in a year. This thing is moving. Is that uniformitarianism? Not at all. There was a different power, different influences, moving all of those things around to accomplish the world in which we live now. Not exactly the same. Not that God was doing something different pre-flood post-flood, when he created in the first place. All of those things are, God is doing his thing with his power in his time and accomplishing great things. What we are reminded of is to look back. So I don't know how often you do that, but let me encourage you to do that. Look back. What did God do when this all started? How did he do that then? And there are scientists working on those things. So you can find them. What happened? Because what happens now and what happens in the future is based on that, those events and how God did it. We have the signs all around us. Every time you write down a zip code that includes the place you live in the state, this locality in North America, you have just confirmed the sign of God, that he, during the flood, separated the continents, and you live here, on this side of the world, not that side of the world. Sign of God. Every time you look at a map, and you go, wait, this thing is over, oh, there's a mountain range. Where'd that come from? They slammed together. There was uplift. There was one continent sliding under another. There are volcanoes still. Mount St. Helens in 1980 proved all kinds of things people didn't know scientists had no idea how quickly things could could change coal fields could form all of those things are evidence since 1980 of how quickly these things can happen but they didn't know those processes because they were following uniformitarianism It's always like this. This is the answer we came up with. Check chapter 3 of your science book. It's always like that. And I'm saying check chapter 1 of your Bible and you'll find out it's not like that at all. God is at work. And he has something for us. He wants us to understand it. And how can we live this life and ignore him? Listening to the scoffers who are mocking him and seeking after their own desires how many scientists have you listened to who have sought to prove God had nothing to do with it? Scoffers seeking their own desires and God is saying, look back. Look at the world around you. Look at what I have placed there. Those are signs I am here and I am at work. Have been at work. I'm at work now and I have things for you in the future. Not done yet. Destruction of the ancient world gives us a clue. There's a mighty flood. That changed a bunch of things. Judgment by water. When Noah was 600 years old, see there's uniformitarianism. Well, certainly they miswrote that. No, he was 600 years old. What's different? I don't know. His vitamins were better. He, he was doing a keto diet. What, what did he do that's different than us? Nobody makes it 600 years today. 600 years. That's different. So it's not uniform. There's differences. When Noah was 600 years old, on the 17th day of the second month, you got to look at that. They knew what day it was. All the underground waters erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. Remember, there was a, a totally separated waters. Water that were on the earth, under the earth. The seas had water, and then all around the earth, the globe was circled, not with clouds, but a, a, a dif- different atmosphere. And that water, because it hadn't rained, it never rained before. That's not again, not the same. It's not uniform. Rain started right here on the seventeenth day of the second month. When Noah was 600. That's when it first rained. So it's a different thing. Different then, different now. And all of that, when it broke loose, and what the studies are showing is that the underground waters erupted, volcanoes started, the shifting of the uh, continents and the plates began to, plate tectonics began the process of, of separating and broke the earth apart and those waters came shooting out and then the heat from the volcanoes are hitting the, the moisture in the air. Things began to fall. That's the, the great waters that started to come down. And things began to change quickly and change that world to the, to the one that we're seeing now. Judgment by water. Next time by fire. But we're looking forward to what God is doing and how he's doing it. And we look backwards to see the signs of what happens now, what we can expect in the future, what he has told in the past, and as people begin to look at it, because doesn't the Bible get accused of, well, those people believed the world was flat. We just read in the first chapter of the first book in the Bible that they knew about Pangea, which scientists in our day didn't even agree was a thing, and now it is the accepted worldview of scientists everywhere. Pangea. The Bible knew about it in Genesis 1. It took them till the 1960s to accept it. Who are you going to go with? Where do you want to get your truth? Because God has told us that what he has given us are signs. And we can know that he is, that he exists, and that he tells the truth always. Signs of God and the Shifting Planet. Scoffers mock God, the Bible, the history of the planet. They're all around us. Don't let them suck you in. Evident changes on earth indicate a much different earlier world. Things were different. God was doing something different. We got the world we have. That's uniform for now. But he's, he's going to bring some new things. And that's still yet to come. So we can trust him. We hold on to his hand. We look to him. Keep our eyes on the prize. Keep running the race. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the things you have done, the mighty things you have done. Thank you for revealing yourself in the word and in the structures of the physical earth around us. Thank you for revealing yourself in so many ways, the signs of your presence, the signs of your work. Thank you for... uh, a future that is secure when jesus said i'm going to prepare a place for you and i will come back for you and we can be sure he's coming back thank you for all that is and will be in jesus name amen